it's not like that, you know, and, and uh, no one's going to be mad at you if you, like, if you go to a connect group, and you're like, ah, oh, it just didn't resonate, so you go to a different one, or same thing with, like, serving. You may, you may sign up, Leslie might call you and be like, we need you, and you're like, okay, I'll try it out, and you're like, no, that really doesn't fit me, and then, and she's not going to be offended. Um, I might be a little, no, I'm just joking, but no, it's no, just try something else out, so uh, feel like you're not signed up till Jesus comes back with things, and, uh, and, uh, but, but do go ahead and sign up. These are um, a, lot of, a lot of times people come to me and say, man, I just want to get connected. How do I get connected? Like, here's some ways. Here's some ways to, to get connected. And to, um, in fact, our number one goal with connect groups is that you, you find best friends. Um, there's all kinds of other things that, we, that happen. Discipleship happens. Studying the word happens and all this type of stuff. Um, I, I believe presence-based people create presence-based groups. And so as, as the Jesus in you and the Jesus in somebody else comes together, discipleship's going to happen. Um, but I just, I would love it if someone came to me and said, I found a friend, and, and I didn't have a, a friend in this church. And, and that would be, a, wouldn't that be a, just a good transaction? I think so. You guys can say yes. Just say yes to appease me. All right, good, good, good. Um, all right, all right, here we go. I still see some kids in here, so that, fair warning. Good, good, good. Praise the Lord. Um, hey, by the way, too, we're, we're still doing our, our Spirit of Life reading plan. Oh, and did we announce Discover Trek? Discover Trek Step 1 is happening today um, in the conference room, and so if you haven't take step, taken Step 1 and you want to, you can go right through those doors to the conference room, and I will be on the screen in there, so you can either listen to me here or there. Um, and uh, I think this one's going to be a little more fun, but joking i don't know i'm trying to trying to rile you guys up but it doesn't seem to be working um hey spirit of life reading plan today's date september 1 if you if you don't have one of these they're out on the the welcome table and so september 1 we're first john 5 and uh, um and then second john and third john so those will be and then psalm 38 so if you haven't started that yet and you're like i want to jump in i don't know where i'm at there's dates on these, and you can jump in right with us and read, read along with us. And in fact, we've talked to all of our connect group leaders. That's going to be one of the things. There might be a topic on a connect group, but one of the things all the connect groups are going to do is, is say, hey, so, so what are we reading this week? And, and how's that going? And, uh, and your connect group leader will share what they've read, and maybe you guys get to discuss. Um, and the cool thing is all of the groups are going to be discussing some of the same places in, in the Bible. Um, and, and so I, I'm super excited about that. Romans chapter 7 is where we're at we're talking about the invisible line today i um i've worked around i've been in in full-time like vocational ministry where i like get paid to do what i do for like i think it's like 16 years if i did my math right it was 2003 i think march of 2003 and um a lot of that a lot of that time was working with either youth or college age or whatever and uh, so it's only been within the last four years that it's been kind of a, a broader with with adults and everything so it's it's funny some of the questions that come to me but I would imagine um, I'm, that even as an adult we have some of these questions we just don't want to admit it like 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 for instance um, the the teenager that comes to me and says so like how far is too far have you you know what I'm saying? Some of you adults are like, oh, please answer this. We've been wondering like our whole life. Please <laughs> finally answer the question. Like how far? How far is too far? Don't raise your hand unless you want to be embarrassed. But anybody wonder that? Um, you know, and, and so a lot of times, so they'll come and we'll talk about this. And I'm like, all right, here we go. They'll either come in private or, or if they're like, the, if they're in junior high, then they want to like say it out loud because they want everyone to laugh. And hee hee ha, we're going to talk about that. So, Right, but we'll but we'll talk, and they'll say, "So how far is too far?" And I'm like, "Well, what do you what do you mean?" Well, like, yeah, well, am I allowed to like make out with like mate? What do you mean? What what's that? what is that? I, I like I, I always play I always play dumb because um, because it, I love awkward moments, <laughs> right? And so they'll say something like like Well, I mean, are we? Is it are we?" is Jesus okay? Like, I mean, are we allowed to, like, make out? I'm like, well, well what's make out mean? Oh, oh, you know. I'm like, no, 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 really. I, I, no, you know, like, when you, like, when you, no, please, please tell me. Well, there's, like, there's, a, there's like, kissing, 
But it's not like like when it's not uh, it's not like when your mom kisses you. It's like it's it's a little bit different than that. Like and it lasts maybe a, a little bit longer, and and I'm like, yeah, oh, what what else? What else? And they're like, ah. and I'm like, I don't know either. And that's the truth, because try to define that, right? <laughs> Where's the line? This is what my grandma. No, leave it to grandmas. Give a, if you're a grandma in here, we 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 love you. My grandma, she always had. She could write a book. Um, she always had wisdom. In fact, the, the the wisdom she gave all of us before, like when we were dating, and then when we were to. Um, that's wise. That's wise, right there. <laughs> when we were dating, and then when we uh, uh, on into engagement, Grandma would always say, "Say now, Jonathan." Uh, your body doesn't know you're not married. Right? Isn't that true? Everyone's like, hey, that's wisdom. Yeah, like, for sure that's wisdom. And she would also say stuff like, like so, so when you're in the backseat of a car, it's too late. Anybody know what, I'm, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's wise, Grandma. Please never say that to me ever again. Could we, like, agree to never talk? In fact, my parents, like, my, my brother and sister-in-law, they, got, um, they were going to get married, and they got married before, uh, uh, a few years before Becky and I. Um, and they got, they got sat down before they got married by mom and dad, and, and they, like, they, they got the talk, and that almost ended things right there. I mean, <laughs> they got the talk, you, if you know what I mean by the talk. And then, and then they got a gift bag before their wedding, and I'm like, so I, I proactively, uh, when, when, we, uh, when I asked Becky to be my, my wife, I proactively went to my parents and said, hey, I know what might be coming. We don't want the talk. <laughs> we, well, there's libraries for that type of stuff. We don't need, we don't need that. And uh, so that was good. Um, not everybody agrees with me on that, but whatever. So, but yeah, it's, it can get awkward, right? The, the question is, where's the line? But now there's all kinds of things we could talk to talk about as far as where the, as far as the line. But it's really easy when we're talking about this because people want to know, right? How far can I go, and it still be okay? How far can I go and still and we can fill in the blank still like uh, like it not be a sin. Like, how far can I go, and I haven't, like, I'm still saved. <laughs> like, we're not talking hell. We're talking still heaven. Like, we don't want anybody. Now, uh, your, your theology, uh, we're not really talking theology today. We're just talking the questions that go through our mind. Does that make sense, you know? So, but we want to know this stuff. Uh, Gray, Gray, I guess Greya, that's too much for her, right? So how far, right? And you're just like, like some people in some people's theology, they're, they're like, you know, it, um, I'm, I'm saved, and then here's this here's this invisible line, and then I'm not saved, right? And so that that might be that might be someone's theology, or or it might be um, you know, here's this line, and maybe you maybe you were never saved in the first place, but you thought you thought you were saved. Regardless, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I imagine it like I imagine it like this. Um, I imagine like a thick fog did anybody have fog on the way to church today because this morning i had i had fog on the way and it was hard to see it's been worse than that but imagine like you're you're in this thick fog and there's a line but the line is a cliff (laughs) how many like that would be good to know where that line is you're walking good that wasn't me how many like you want to know and not just because you're not just because you want to know how, but you want, like, that, that's dangerous. And I can't see. Could someone please, could, could you tell me? Maybe put up a fence right there so when I get to it, I know. Somebody, but the problem is, is that there's, there is no fence. There are no flashing lights. There, it is a line, and I can't tell you where it is. So let's go running through the fog right now. <laughs> right? That that's the kind of the predicament that we find ourselves in. I used, um, 
I, I use kind of the, the teenager thought of like making out or, or things like this, but it goes with all kinds of stuff. Every, any, type of, any type of sin, any type of thing, and, right? Does that make sense? Where we're just like, like there is a line and we have in our mind, how far can I, how close can I get to it when the question should be, how far away from it can I be? Like, like where there's no question, like there's no danger zone. That's a scary thought to be in like that dense fog and, and knowing that there's a cliff and I just don't know where it's at. <laughs> and then you get like, you get disoriented and you're like, is it, wait, is it behind me? Is it in front of me? Where's it at? I don't know. Oh, wouldn't that be scary? I think it would. A lot of us live in that and, and, and it just becomes like a normal way of living where we're just in this fog and don't know where the line is. Here's the, here's the main thought today. Salvation transforms my mind and heart in such a way that I now desire God's ways and have an awareness of who he has called me to be. Salvation so transforms your mind and your heart that there's now a desire for him and an awareness of, of who you are in him. That's what salvation does. Notice I didn't say an awareness of what he has called me to do. Sometimes we get confused that we feel like the, the, the what is so important. It's the who, right? Salvation, like all of a sudden, there's now a desire to be more like him. There's a desire to do what he wants and to think the way he thinks, and all of this type of stuff. And, and there's an awareness of, oh, wait a minute. That's not who I really am anymore. Wait, th- this is who I am oh, that's not who I am. This is who, like, there's, a, there's an identity piece with this whole salvation thing. It doesn't mean that our Christian walk is easy now, by, by no means. So today, I can't show you where the line is, but I may be able to help you know if you've crossed it yet or if you're, if you're still safe. How about that? Can we maybe just have a, just an open, honest conversation? And I feel like in, in Romans 7, when we get in there, we're going to start to see just a couple principles that come out. And there may be some, like, red flags that pop for you. And you're like, oh, hey, yeah, I, gotta, I, I need to be careful. Or, or there may be like, like hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. But no matter where you're at in your journey, it's good to know stuff like this. Because... All of us in this room, every person at the sound of my voice have a propensity towards sin. And if we aren't intentional in our relationship with Jesus, like there's sometimes we feel, oh, I'm just, I'm just neutral. I'm just, I'm just coasting. I'm just, I'm, I'm plateauing. Can I just say that if you're plateauing or just neutral, that, that pretty soon you're in decline. Like it doesn't, there's not, you don't get to live very long at neutral. You don't get to live very long at plateau. Pretty soon it's not plateau anymore, it's decline. How many know that we want to, to be going towards the things of God and not, and not from it? How many know that we want, we want the needle pointing towards, towards him and towards all of the things he has for us instead of away from it? And we get, if you get comfortable, pretty soon, pretty soon it's decline. Are we, are we all good today? All right. Oh. There's this question that um, that I've had before. Some of you guys have had this question. As a follower of Christ, at what point have I sinned so much that I am now in danger of going to hell? I'm not. I'm not going to like answer that clearly today for you because it's there's uh, there's a mystery around some of this but but it's it's worth asking the question and in fact if you're asking the question um man it's worth having the conversation how at what point have i have i sinned so much or so consistently or whatever where all of a sudden now there's a i'm in danger of of the fire of hell instead of the glory of of heaven 
and um, I would want to know. Anybody, wouldn't that be a good question? Like, I would want to, I would want, good job, Miranda. Yeah, she's like, me too. Like, we all, I would want to know that. I would want to know. And uh, we've talked a little bit about that in here, but I want to, so just my own, just my own story. Um, it was interesting, Jen, this morning you, you, you talked to me about, about 1996, and, I, and we were talking about that year for whatever reason. I'm like, I am going to talk about 1996 today when I was 16 years old. And it was one of the most defining years for me. Um, when I was 16, um, I had some of the most significant moments with the Lord. I remember 16 years old. I remember being at a youth conference, and um, I don't know exactly what the, what the man in front was preaching about, but I remember the Lord uh, basically asking me, Jonathan, are you all in or are you all out? And it's that verse some of you remember because if you're lukewarm, right, I'm going to spit you out. Like, I want you on fire. And I remember making a commitment when I was 16 years old that I was all in. I remember that moment. I remember when I was 16 years old um, that there was like, uh, there was, you guys have heard a lot of, and if you haven't, you can go back and, and listen to some different messages and things, but, because uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but I had the, one of the most significant encounters with God in my grandmother's living room at a family reunion in a, in a circle at the end as we're getting ready to go our separate ways. My Uncle Rick put his hand on my chest and just said, more, Lord. And I, for the first time that I can remember anyways, felt the power and presence of God, and it changed me. It changed me. It was like one of those things where I'm like, I, I want that. I want that for the rest of, I want, I don't just want the head knowledge, I want the heart knowledge. I don't just want, I, I want the, the two sides of the coin, both, the, both the, the doctrine and the truth and the experience. Like, I want both of them. And I, and I, and I decided I was going to search after that for the rest of my life when I was 16 years old i remember that i remember i remember right around that 16 year old mark the year that that year i remember there was even some like revival that started happening um at my church like there was like a six month period of time where it was like worship went on for and and it was like you thought it was 20 minutes and it was like an hour and people were being touched and healed and um i don't know what your grid work is but but some people were standing up prayed for and fell down and you're like oh that happens. I thought that was just TV with a white jacket. And I guess it happens here too. I mean, it was, it was cool. It was, it, was, it was amazing. It was just the, 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 the presence, the thickness of his presence, the tangible presence. And I remember being marked by some of that at 16. You also know what happened at 16? Some of the most intense pressure and temptation for sin <laughs> all happened in that same that same year I'm, i remember like I don't, I don't know if it was that year before 90 like it but i remember getting like dial up internet <laughs> i remember i remember you get the disc and it was like aol or or uh what was it Net, netscape or something and you put it in and you and you paid like you know like ten dollars a month for it and then and then you'd like sign in and And then, you know, and you'd have, and then you'd, you'd get, and then you'd, you'd type in your, your web address and then go make a cup of coffee and, and come back. And I remember that. I remember those days. I remember 16 years old exploring and finding things that were, that were great and positive and finding things that were a deep, dark rabbit hole of, of temptation and sin. And, and then I remember one day, one day, uh, uh, dad, dad comes and, I'm sitting on the, I remember just sitting on the couch, and dad comes and says, hey, um, did you search for uh, blah, 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 blah? I'm like, nope. 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 It's probably Jordan. <laughs> it wasn't Jordan, and we soon found out. Uh, it, it was me, and, uh, man, that was crazy. That was crazy. I remember, um, uh, well, I, I would say this. I am, I'm so glad, like back then, back then I wasn't the, like the hunk of a man that I am today. Um, because because the, the propensity towards sin was so strong that, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot of interest from the opposite sex at that point. 
And, um, and so there was, there, I think the Lord protected me that, that, you know, wait to become the hunk until you find Becky or something, right, you know? And, uh, but, I mean, that was, it was just, it was just so strong. Um, I remember, <laughs> I remember some of the, the temptations waking up and, and I was so, like, I, I was so, like, I don't know how to even describe it, but, like, um, the first person, uh, I went to my mom. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so tell me, like, what, like, uh, this happened? I was talking to my mom about it, and, and, I'm, and, and what did my mom say? Go talk to your dad. <laughs> Absolutely, like, that was the wisdom of the Lord right there. And I mean, that was going on, 16 years old. You know, so, so in my heart, not only did I have these incredible encounters with God and incredible commitment to God, but at the same time, there was this like raging inferno of, of sin, of, of uh, like demonic attack, of out of control hormones. <laughs> Man, crazy. And so there were thoughts of... Um, like, am I still saved? I had those thoughts. Because I, I had the, the, the moments of, of commitment, and then I had sin creeping at my door, and those thoughts, like, am I, am I still saved? Am I still, like, am I still going, going to heaven, or am I going to hell? Like, I remember being at places like youth camp, and you would have the preacher, and, and I don't know what your eschatology is, which is the big word for your end times, um, you know, study, some of you are like, hey, I like to talk about end times every week, and some of you are like, oh, 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 God, no, don't talk about, don't talk about that, we'll be all right, until, just wake us up when we get there, and, and, but I remember being at youth camp, and the preacher would be like, you better get right with God, it was probably Keith Becker, like maybe or something like that, I don't know. And and you better get right with God because He could come back tonight. And if you're in your bed and you haven't got like it could be like He and everyone else could be gone and you would be the only one left. I'm like, I better get right with God. I better. I remember feeling like, and I remember I remember thinking I had this thought. I'm not lying. I had this thought because they would talk about the Antichrist. And in time drama and the Antichrist and I and uh, and I would think because they they told me this they said they said it is possible that the Antichrist is alive in the earth and doesn't know that he's the Antichrist yet and I thought it could be me oh no what do I do That would suck, really, to like not know and then find out. Maybe it's me. I'll just confess this. If you if you've had the thought maybe it's me, then it's not you. Okay? Like that's you're like I mean that's just like if yeah. Moving right along. And so I'll knowing some of that, knowing some of our propensity towards sin and the struggle that we have, and, and maybe some of you resonate with incredible encounters with God, and then at the same time, um, incredible um, demonic attack or pressure from the enemy and sin and all of this, and it's like, what's going on? I have good news for you. The, um, the guy that wrote half the New Testament <laughs> that has the title apostle in front of his name, the Apostle Paul. Like, he felt what you and I have felt. And he might have some, some wisdom through the power of the Holy Spirit to share with us this morning. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. starts out this. It says, it says what, what shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. And what's he meaning here? Because uh, he just he really had just got done talking about how, how the, the law, uh, all of a sudden we're aware of sin and all of this. In fact, it was like this. He describes it, and, he, and this would be like the Jonathan translation 
of it would be like this it would be like you're driving down the road and there's no speed limit would anybody like to have a road where there's no speed limit i would sometimes i live like that (laughs) just joking and then someone says that's a sin You, you might be right wouldn't you love to have a road imagine that there was a road there was no speed limit on it and so every day like for most of your life you would just pick the speed and whatever's reasonable and prudent or sometimes hey there's no speed limit this isn't a sin and in fact you don't even know you don't even know the word sin because there's there's nothing it's just just a road just a road to drive as fast or as slow as you want most of your life you were doing that and then all of a sudden one day you're just cruising right along and there's a white sign and it says 50 miles an hour and you're like what for my whole life I've been driving the way I want slow or fast and in between and all of a sudden there's a sign that's what the law did with the law in the Old Testament all of a sudden it revealed something it revealed you're speeding son (laughs) Like, I didn't know. Well, now you know. But I didn't know. Now you know. Now you're responsible for this, son. And so the question came, well, then is the law sinful? Because the law all of a sudden reveals sin. It must be a bad thing. And Paul has this conversation with the church in Rome. He says, certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. Now, you can can read in the Old Testament before the law and and find out that there was still a moral compass and and the Holy Spirit would absolutely like like direct right and wrong and there's that thing. But as far as like the letter, like as far as like God saying, this is right, this is wrong, it's written down for you. We we didn't have that. He He says, I would not know what coveting really was if it weren't for the the law. But sin, seizing the opportunity, oh man, that's what it does. That's what it does. It waits and it, it looks and all of a sudden it seizes the opportunity. Sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. We fast forward to verse 12. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death. So that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. All of a sudden, I can see it for what it really is. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. Now, the good news is we're not going to stay right there. But the good news is also that Paul is confessing this. He's writing this letter to the church in Rome, and his thought is that that I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to be there in person ever. I want to get there in person. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there. And so he writes his like his whole. Uh, I mean, this this is like one of those letters that that like everything that I know about God and 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 Bible and theology and my experience with Jesus, like it's all here. And so if I don't end up there, I want you to have this. Because you got to know it all. So he writes it. Like, this is, this is one of those books. That's why, we, that's why we read it. That's why there's so much commentary and theology wrapped up in, in this one book is because Paul didn't know if he was going to make it to Rome. And I love how honest he gets. I've been around a lot of, uh, a lot of Christian leaders um, in my life. And the ones that I that I wanted to, to really follow were the ones that were just open and honest and vulnerable <laughs> about, about like, like how hard this journey is. 
sharing the, the good and the bad, the, the, the times that, of failure and the times of success. And the ones that, I mean, there were ones I wanted to be like, but I'm like, is it, it almost seemed like, like they never failed. They never, at least never talked about it. And I, and I would think, I would think I'd, I'd, I'd want to follow somebody who, who could say, hey, the journey, it's got some bumps in the road. Like there's some, there's some you know, potholes that you got to navigate around and there's a tree branch down ahead and you, 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 either, you either like jump over that or go around, but, but be careful at night. Because, like I'd want someone to show me. And not just, not just like, well, I sure hope he makes it. <laughs> and Paul Paul starts to do some of that. He starts to, to share, hey, this is a real, like this is a real struggle. And he starts to open up in his own heart. And so this question about, uh, about sin, about how far is too far, about this invisible line, like how do we, how do we know? Well, I'm, I'm not going to be able to show you where the line is, but I might be able to show you um, if, you're, if, you've, if you're in the deep end and you've crossed it or if you're just good to go. I, I might be able to show you a little bit there. And this is what Paul starts to, I think, I think unveil here in the rest of, of chapter 7. And the, the first thing, if you're taking notes, there, there's really two questions that we have to ask ourselves. The one question is a question of desire. A question of desire is the needle pointing toward God or away from God? Do I call what's right wrong and what's wrong right? That's, isn't that anybody, like, you really, like we're, in that, we're in that culture right now. Where, where the Bible isn't the absolute truth anymore is what people would say. And, and how many know that that's the standard for, for living? That's, if, if the Bible isn't, isn't true, then like we're all on shaky ground. <laughs> like what's going on? Like, it it's, it's the foundation. It's everything, right, Kay? And, and yet we live in a culture that tries to question all of that. And, and literally, my kids are growing up in a day and age where what's right is called wrong and what's wrong is called right and that's that's so so here's that first thing to really be thinking about in your heart when you start to make an excuse for sin and not just make an excuse like this this isn't sin anymore this isn't sin anymore this was it was sin back then but it's not today it was sin for you but it's not for me like you 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 start to become in dangerous territory start to justify some things but where I think the the place in my heart and as people come to talk to me and and is I want to know if you were really saying Pastor Jonathan like I just want to know if I'm all right with God (laughs) I just want to know like if am am I is the needle pointing towards him or away from him like i'd like to just know that i feel like there's a struggle in my life and you resonate from like 16 year old jonathan that had this like raging war going on and you're like i just gotta know i just gotta know my question back to you is man do you desire him like do you desire closeness with God, are, are, you, are you three steps forward, two steps back? Three steps forward, two steps Like, are you, is, are you inching? Is there anything in you that's let's, let's going towards him? Or are you, are you just saying, I'd really like to live my life the way I want to live my life and also get to have him? Are you, are you trying to have both? And if you would say, Pastor Jonathan, I really am trying to have both, I'd say that's dangerous. If you're saying, Jonathan, I want this, but, but it's just, there's this, there's this war, there's this battle, I'd say, hey, we're on the right track. Proverbs put it this way. Proverbs 24, verse 16 says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. There's, there's this place of, <laughs> did, you, did you ever watch any of the Rocky movies? And, and is, it, is it Mickey that was the, the trainer? I remember having those Rocky marathons with my brother back when we were like 12. And I think Mickey was, was the trainer and, and he's like, get up, you bum! Get up! Because Mickey loves you! <laughs> right? Do you remember that? 
Get up, you bum. I think there's times when we fall. In fact, I know it. It's, the Bible says the righteous fall. Fall seven times. In other words, fall a lot. But the difference is that they get back up. They keep going. They brush themselves off and they keep going. They keep going. And so that would be my question back to you. It's like, well, are you, is your desire to keep going? Are, are you just sitting there? Wouldn't it be silly if my... I mean, we, we, we think about, like, my, my kids, like, uh, like Lydia, she's two, and when she falls down, we're like, oh, get, get up, keep going, you know? And then, you know, and then if, like, Jim Jensen, like, fell down and then just sat there, and we'd be like, Jim, hello. Get up, you bump. No, I'm <laughs> We'd be like, get up! Get up, right? It's silly to just, just sit there. Keep going. Get up. The rest of this passage, Paul starts to get, get vulnerable in his own heart and, and explain, like, this is, this is the struggle that we're in, that every one of us are in. He starts to share this with the church in Rome, starting in verse 15. This is what he says. And remember what he said before. Remember that, that he said, um, he says, but I'm unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. And then he says this. Sorry. He says, I do not understand what I do. And this is the, the, like the biggest tongue twister um, passage in the Bible, by the way. So I would, I would encourage you not to say this five times fast. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. There's, here's, a, here's an indicator for you if you're, not, if, you're, if you're in a danger zone, if you're not on the right path. Has sin become your friend? Or do you hate it? What I hate, I end up doing. So there's this battle, there's this pressure, there's this raging inferno. I end up falling sometimes and all of this. But it's, but it's not because I, I just love it. It's because there's this war. And what I hate, sometimes I do. What I want to do, I'm not, like if there's that battle, some, I, 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 I kind of look at it like this. If you're, if you're in the ocean, if you're treading water in the ocean, there's a struggle. If you stop treading, that's no, no good. Is there, are, are you fighting? Are you fighting? I, I like the place in Scripture where he says, you've not resisted sin yet to the point of shedding your blood. <laughs> He's like, like, are you fighting this thing? Do you hate it? But you still find yourself every once in a while struggling. Do you hate it? Or has sin become your friend? What I hate, I do. In verse 16, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's the sin living in me. Now, he's not, he's not like uh, giving up responsibility here, but I'm going to show you in a few minutes. He starts to draw a line here. He starts to show you some, some reality that who, man, I, I want to live that way, but I keep finding myself living this way, and it frustrates me. It angers me. I want to live for God, and I hate the fact, oh, my, what I hate, I keep, ugh. You almost feel this in Paul. And I love it because you felt the same thing. And me too. As it is, it's no longer myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. For I know the good itself does not dwell, uh, that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire, everyone say desire. This is that place. It's the question of desire. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Remember who's writing this? The Apostle Paul. 
Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. (laughs) Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And here's the good news. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. The good news is is when we talk next week with chapter 8, like you start to find like uh, um, we are more than conquerors. You guys remember that verse? Oh, man. But do you love the honesty that Paul has? And I love the, this is kind of that litmus test. Is there a desire? Do you have a desire for the things of God? If there's not a desire, if there's more of a desire to live your way and still go to heaven, man, can I just be honest? You're in a danger zone. And there, there's a thick fog and there's a line and when you cross it, that's a cliff. And I wish I could tell you where the line was and I just, I just can't. But if your desire is, I want the thanks of God, I really do. There's this war inside me, and I win more than I lose, but I still lose sometimes, and I hate this thing. I hate this thing. I'm going to say, hey, uh, you're moving towards God. You're actually in a good place. Here's the second thing. It's a question of identity. The first thing is a question of desire. And the second question, it's a question of identity. Like, who are you? Who are you? And so, uh, this is, I want to read this passage again, but I want us to look at it in just a little bit different light. Back to verse 15. Look at this. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul talking. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. So, look at it like this. Who, who I really am wants to do this, but who I'm not continues to do this. Like, who, who I am when I, I was bought with a price, I am in Christ, I have a new career. Like, who I really am, like, like we're on a journey, There's a, there is a, I see the prize, I know who I am, and, and, he's, and he's called me to greatness, but who I'm not, this this old man, this uh, man, I, the, who I'm not, this, this part of me that just keeps rising up. I, I keep doing this stuff, and, but who I really am, man, who I really am, man, desires greatness, desires God, desires holiness. What, what I want to do, who I really am, man, I, I end up not doing. But who I'm not, I end up doing the stuff that I hate. And if I want, and if, and if I do what I do not want to do, <laughs> who I'm not, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself. It's not who I really am. Oh, that's not who I really am. Maybe you need to say that to yourself right now. Now, it might embarrass you if you say it out loud, but just in the, in the inside, get growly like I just did. That's not who I really am. Did you say that to yourself? That's not who I am. That's not who God's called me to be. Come up higher. There's greatness. Do you know that not only are you supposed to treat yourself that way, you're supposed to treat others that way. You see somebody that's making poor choices, that's living way below the line, and wouldn't it just be helpful to say, hey, man, that's not who you really are. You were designed for greatness. That's not who you really are.
there's a there's a few other verses that just kind of agree with this identity and you you guys have heard some of these maybe before second corinthians 5 17 says therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here John 1, verse 12, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? Children of God. I don't know if you ever, um, I'm not going to pick on them, but there's a couple different people in this room, and often when, when they pray or they talk about God, they'll say, Daddy. Daddy God. You know how appropriate that is? There's a, there's a Greek word, Abba, and it just simply means daddy. It's father God, it's daddy God. Isn't that? And so he gave the right to be called children. <laughs> Abba. We are, he's, he's daddy. He's daddy. Wait, is that Greek or Hebrew? I can't remember. Hebrew. I, I saw, the, I, I saw my, my experts. Good, good, good. Hebrew. Hebrew. Daddy. Ephesians 1, verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to sonship or, or daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. And so in this struggle, there's the desire. It's a question of desire and it's a question of identity. That's not who I really am. In fact, you're not giving up responsibility, but it's almost as if there's two people. It's almost like a split personality, right? Could we just, just for the sake, could we, Paul said it so we can agree with it. That's not, I didn't do it, sin did it. So someone was famous, I forget what his name was a long time ago, and he said, he said, the devil made me do it, right? Man, that wasn't me. That was sin. I hate that stuff. It's a question of identity. I, I remember when um, Pastor Kelly and your team, you can get ready. I remember when I was a teenager going on into my early 20s. Um, and we all, you know, there's, what, 7 billion people on the planet and 7 billion people struggle with identity and insecurities, right? I mean, we, there, there's, it's always under attack. <laughs> and I remember... It, I mean, that's the right, that's the age we, <laughs> it really starts to, to rear its ugly head where you're trying to figure out who you are when you're, when you're a teenager and in early 20s. And man, um, if you would have known me back then, Becky tells me this. She's like, if we would have met back then, there would have been no chance. <laughs> She's like, I had a, I, I had, a, you know, when you go to your graduation, um, like, some t- like, um, what are they, uh, open house when your, your mom and dad put that on for you and the, everyone comes and gives you like cards with money in it and stuff like there's a um, we had the picture collage I remember looking at that picture collage that they made I had every hairstyle that you could think of I remember uh, having uh, blonde tips I remember having having different colors I remember having like like uh, permed my hair a couple times because I, I wanted to have like the wavy look I did the, the shaved on the, I did like the, the bowl cut. I did that. I did it where it was shaved and then the hair was a little bit longer. Like I, 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 did, I did kind of a mullet action one time. I mean, you see this all throughout. And I remember my wife seeing that once and she was like, yep, it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> wouldn't have happened. I remember, I remember like the bright clothes. Someone in here, we were talking this week about, about different color pants and I, I remember having red pants. <laughs> I remember going to, do you guys ever shop at the Gap? I remember back then, they would do these sales. Well, you knew it was the final sale when it said 97 cents on the, 97 was the way you knew, oh, that was it. They, they sliced it all the way down. There was $1.97 for a bright yellow canary turtleneck sweater to go with my red pants. <laughs> I remember going to uh, 
training program in Spokane, Washington, uh, based out of a church. And I showed up wearing this big blue puffy jacket, looked like a, like I was going skiing, with these sunglasses with blue lenses in, and my hair frosted tips spiky out, baggy pants, and those Timberline like tan boots that like Will Smith used to wear like in um, Independence Day and and I just showed up looking like a skinny kid with baggy clothes <laughs> sitting in the orientation with all the other students I remember if they'd go around to ask like you know, you know what your name is and where'd you come from and one thing about yourself and it gets to me and I said hi my name's Jonathan Lombard, um, my favorite color is clear, and I'm studying to be a veterinarian because I love children. Why, why do I say all that? Because there was, there was something in me that I needed to like be loud and larger than life. I needed to make people laugh. I needed, it, there, was, there was all of this stuff. I don't even know there was, if it was pain and hurt. If it, I mean, I remember being made fun of for being so skinny, and now I'm just like, I, I need to lose a couple, <laughs> right? But I couldn't gain weight to save my life. Uh, people would say, Jonathan, if you stand sideways and stick out your tongue, you look like a zipper. Or, or they'd, they'd say, like, you have to dance around in the shower in order to get wet. And Somewhere in there, the lies of the enemy... The insecurities, I forgot who I really was. And this morning, my encouragement to us this morning, in this struggle with sin, it's a question of desire and it's a question of identity. You want the needle pointing towards Him, let's discover those things. I want to give a moment here as they're playing for you to just get get right with the Lord. Just ask him. In fact, King David put it this way in Psalm 139. He said, would you search me and know me? Would you see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting? He says, he says, Father, take your big mag light and shine it in any dark crevice, any dark closet in my heart. Would you show me if there's anything I don't even remember, I don't even realize. Would you light it up, not for the sake of embarrassment, but because I want to get that thing gone, because I want to be as close to you as I can. If there's any relational gap, I want to close it. God, I, I hate sin, and I still can sometimes find myself there, and Lord, I want to be close. Would you just root it all out? Psalm 139, search me and know me. Would you let a good dad, a good, good father, just point out anything that's keeping you from relationship with him this morning? Would you take 30 seconds and ask him? As you stand here this morning, Pastor Kelly's going to lead us in this last song, and I'm going to invite the altar team up as well. You may want somebody today to just agree with you for breakthrough in your life for anything, and that's what they're here for. Can we stand this morning?
you know, I heard the Lord say earlier, and it just didn't feel like the right time to share it, but what I heard him say was, it's only as you're willing to be broken that I can make you whole. And the picture he gave me, and I don't know if you've seen it, I don't know the name of it, but there's a, a form of Japanese art where they will take broken pottery and they will mend it with gold. So instead of like leaded glass, it's this beautiful artwork with gold bringing it back together. And that's what the Lord wants to do in us. When we allow him to break us, he'll put us back together more beautiful than we ever thought we were. And whether we've crossed that line and feel the weight of our sin or whether there's some other broken area of our life, I just sense that this morning that he wants to put us back together with his gold and make, show us the beautiful artwork that he's created us to be more beautiful than we could ever imagine. That's who we are. That's who he sees in us. So, Father, I pray you would take our brokenness. Lord, that we'd be willing to be broken so that you can make us whole. We may think we have it all together, but not a one of us does. It's only as we allow your work in our lives that you can make us whole and you can make us more beautiful than we ever dreamed we could be. And Lord, we surrender that to you. We want that. We want to look like your artwork, not like what the world thinks is beautiful, but what you think is beautiful. We're going to... We're just going to stay in here in the atmosphere of prayer and worship as long as needed. And if you need to go, you're welcome to go. And if you need to get your kids, they're available too. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.